sacrifice. Oh, I did it for the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training. Introducing first your longtime fan, short-time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion, Peyton Arose Such a Ladder Green. And his tag team partner, making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools, Zach, the man made of ladders, Barlow. You know, I think we actually missed an opportunity. You missed an opportunity to call yourself the Ladderinth here. Uh, or maybe that's just your hometown. You're Hailing right. from I... the Ladderinth. <laughs> yeah, and yours was way more clever than mine. I, I just I mean, it's not really like... clever. I stole it from the Santa Claus. I mean, but wasn't the Santa Claus very clever? So yeah, it's the first time Santa had been killed on live television. We should really do a podcast about that. We could call it the Santa. Pause for claws. Pause. For... That's uh, fuck it. I mean, like a moment of silence, like pause ah, for claws. Yes. Hmm. Let's get right into this. Right into this. This shiz. This is a show for longtime wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're going to take you through some of the biggest shows, rivalries, matches in wrestling history, or at least the ones that I can talk about for a little while. And if you know nothing about wrestling, don't worry, because as you'll soon find out, I I don't either. So, Peyton, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, we gave you a little hint in our little nickety names. We're going to be talking about... Ladders. They're like chairs, but taller. This is, this is an accurate assessment of ladders. The, Here's what I love about ladders. The ladder match is probably one of the most, you know, famous, you know, most enduring match types in wrestling history. If you don't know, the ladder match is where you have to climb up a ladder and retrieve an item to win the match. No pinfalls, no submissions, no countouts, no disqualifications. Just beating somebody up with a ladder and climbing up it to get that gold. Or briefcase, or as we'll find out, also possibly custody of a child. <laughs> uh, you know, though, I learned a lot about like ladders in general watching this. Just, like, uh, the object, the item itself? Yeah, because previously I thought a ladder had only one purpose, one use. But as I've seen, ladders are a multi-use tool, and you can do a lot with them. Yeah, it's true. You, n- like, throw a man into them. Throw them at a man. Use them to create a seesaw apparatus to, to hit two men at once. I will say this is this was a very hard one to take notes on because there are a lot of things I did not really describe. And that is one thing about this. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched the matches that we've put up, uh, you can look in the description or you can look at us on Twitter. I would recommend going and watching them because it is very hard to visualize some of the things that happen in these matches. Yeah, because there aren't exactly, like, names for ladder moves. Yeah, I was like, there were some things I was writing down, I'm like, this 
like even though I know what it is because I saw it and then I wrote it down, I don't like I can't you, I. Uh, and, you know, and there's some things you could just describe as like you know a six one nine, but there's a ladder there. Like it's difficult to articulate. Yeah, and even the commentators have a hard time describing them. But at least we can see it. So you know, maybe maybe go go check these matches out. But I think that that you know just as an overview of ladder matches is sort of an apt way to talk about them. Is like it's. It's not a commentary or story... Well, we'll see it get a little bit story-heavy later. But it's not a commentary or story-heavy match, usually. It's all about the ladders. It's all about the stunts, and it's uh, it, it's all about what's happening in the ring. I, I think one of the first matches I ever had you watch was a ladder match, because they're really fun to just jump into if you don't really know wrestling, because you don't really have to. It's just uh, fun to watch the spectacle. Absolutely, absolutely. And yes, it, it was a ladder match, and there were like eight ladders in that match, and it was crazy. Yeah, uh, and I hear that you have been taking taking count and taking stock of the ladders. Yes, I, I have a, a man-to-ladder ratio lined up for each of these matches that I will be, as you give your ranking based on the, uh, you know, the quality of the wrestling, blah, 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 your nerd stuff. I will be giving the true rating of the match based on how many men and how many ladders are present. There's too many men, too many ladders, making too many slam slams. And not enough rungs to go around. Ooh, nice. I like it. Well, let's Thank let's uh, let's get into our our first match. So I, I tried to make it make these like kind of into like a history and like so you could see the evolution of ladder matches. Um, the match we start with is commonly thought to be the first ladder match in WWE history, although that's technically not true. Um, there was one before this that was shown on, like, a, it was not a live show. It was only, like, they put it out on VHS between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Um, Ah, sort of the piloting. Yeah, it was kind of like a pilot episode of, of this, uh, of the ladder match. Um, before they really they really decided to take off with it. it, it the ladder match kind of was like originally in like a lot of the smaller wrestling territories, like they did it in Memphis and stuff. And then they decided to bring it to WWE for uh, for Shawn Michaels, who I think Shawn Michaels is really interesting in that he's like in like the first like there are a lot of times where Shawn Michaels is in the first blank match. Throughout his yeah, career, yeah, that's true because he's first Hell in a Cell as well. Yeah, so so we we get Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, okay, go go for it. I, I was just say I've never heard of Razor Ramon. Is there a reason? Uh, <laughs> or am I just an idiot? I, well, you're just an idiot. Um, because okay. Razor Ramon's actually a pretty pretty top guy. Uh, he he goes he wrestles in WWE for a little while. As Razor Ramon, but then he ends up going to WCW, really making probably a bigger name for himself there, um, where he goes under his real name, Scott Hall, and is one of the founding members of the NWO with Kevin Nash, who we actually see accompanying Shawn Michaels to the ring in this match as Diesel and uh, and Hulk Hogan. So Scott Hall's actually a, a or Ke- Razor Ramon's actually a pretty pretty big name guy as far as wrestling history goes. 
Um, okay. I, I think I f- am familiar with Scott Hall. I just did not know him by this alias. Yeah, this is when he was a, a white guy who's playing a Cuban. Ah, good. Yeah. Uh, something that you may not know, there was a group of wrestlers in the, uh, in the early to mid-90s called The Click. Uh, they they weren't like an on screen group. They were a backstage group who kind of, you know, rallied for each other and, and they kind of you know were in the in the manager's ears and stuff. It was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and they like wrote really mean things down in a book about other people, the, right? Uh, absolutely. It, it was actually, and it's actually three of these guys. It's Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Razor Ramon, and then also Triple H. And the one, two, three kid, later known as X Pac, uh, were part of a wrestling clique. So it's kind of interesting to see these guys, three of these guys, duking it out with each other. Little bit of backstory. So this is WrestleMania 10. This is uh, 1994. Uh, I, I believe this is actually the oldest match we've watched so far. Yeah, I, I kind of could tell when I was watching it. I, could, I was like, wow, this one looks uh, looks a little dated. Yeah, it's true. But it was, I mean, you know, definitely go watch older matches. Don't don't not watch them because they're older, because they're still good. It, it was. This one kind of had an interesting thing that I had to look up to kind of get the idea of what was going on here. Shawn Michaels had been stripped of the title for not defending it enough. Um, there was actually— I didn't know that was something that could happen. That was in the storyline. Um, yeah, no, I just uh, I didn't know that was a thing that, that could happen to you even in story. Uh, everything is a thing that could happen to you in story. Good point. Um, and, but I think the real reason they stripped him of it was that he didn't want to lose it. <laughs> ah. Um, uh, because Shawn Michaels, this is back when he was a huge asshole and was doing pills and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is pre-backbreak era. Yes. He was not the backbreak kid yet. <laughs> so, Razor Ramon is now the Intercontinental Champion, but Shawn Michaels says that he is as well because he never actually lost it. So they're hanging. They both come out with the Intercontinental Title Belt, saying that they're the champion. Both belts are hung up uh, above the ring, uh, and I, I like that they do this this really funny thing where like. And they do this a lot, where they where they like have a guy walk underneath the ladder, and they're like, "Ooh, he's so edgy because he's because it's bad luck." Yeah, I, I like how he's talking about. Would you not? Would you not? If you saw a black cat walk in front of you, turn around and walk the other way. Like <laughs> really playing up the uh, the bad luck lore there. <laughs> I like that. There's all this like bad luck. Lore, as you said, you got you got black cats breaking mirrors, spilled salt, and walking under ladders. And break, oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned breaking mirrors. I was gonna say, and like each of them comes with a specific like year count. Sometimes, like you know, a ladder is what seven seven years. That's breaking a mirror, Something like that. Oh, that's breaking a mirror. No, How no, no you're thinking of swallowing like- gum. <laughs> I broke a mirror, and my life was ruined for seven years. Like, and then just seven years to the day they break the mirror, everything gets better, and they're like, "Okay, guys, that's the timeline." I, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You know what else doesn't make sense? Wrestling. 
Absolutely. Good tie-in. I was sort of going on a yeah, yeah. I was there. trying to. I was trying really hard to figure out how to get get us back on track. Um, they uh, and this you could tell this is very much the early days of ladder matches. They only have one ladder, and like it's really funny to hear the commentators talk about it as like this uncharted territory, and like they actually start using the ladder on each other, and they're like, "What? That's not what they're supposed to do." <laughs> Yeah, no, but I always love, like, at the beginning of every ladder match, they're like, but the ladder can technically be used as a weapon. That is allowed. There's just no disqualifications match. And, like, but then they always act surprised when the ladder is inevitably used as a weapon. Wouldn't that, like, be, like, just the fucking weakest thing if you did have a ladder match where the ladder was not used as a weapon? (laughs) Very sportsmanlike ladder match. Yeah, just a, a really clean ladder match. Uh, pretty early on in the match, the referee kicks Diesel out and sends him to the back after he tries to interfere. Uh, which, I mean, like, there are no disqualifications, so, like, what's she going to do? Kind of seems dumb. Yeah, yeah. But also, you kind of have to do that in a ladder match, because otherwise, like, like you're just going to have to, like, what's stopping... If you have, like, a manager outside in a no-disqualification match, then it's like, what's stopping them from doing, from just it just becoming a handicap match? Yeah, well, and as we'll see, you know, um, there will be, a, there is a lot of things, a lot of people that can run in on a ladder match. Yeah, and they are, they are not uh, safe from the big punchy-punchy slam-slams. They are not, they are not. Um, uh, eventually, we we go to the outside, and Razor starts ripping the padding off the floor and exposing that concrete, and, uh, and Razor Ramon attempts the Razor's Edge to throw him over the top rope and onto the ground, but instead he gets backdropped over the top rope and hits that concrete floor. And that's when Sean gets that big orange-looking ladder. Orange-looking. It was just orange. I don't know why I said <laughs> orange-looking. Um, so we get our ladder in the ring for the first time. Um, you know what though? I'm going to say this looks like it was like a very, compared to the, some of the ladders they use later, this is a very well constructed ladder, a very well put together ladder. Yeah, this looks like a real ladder. Like the other one, not to say that the other ones look like fake ladders, but like, they kind of look. It's the difference between a table you would put someone through and your kitchen table. Yeah, this looks like a ladder that you would actually get from Home Depot. Exactly. The other ladders look like, oh, these are these are specifically for wrestling matches. Who do you special order this kind of thing from? Like, how do you how do you contact a ladder manufacturer and you're like, yes, we need twenty very flimsy and breakable ladders, please. We need the worst ladders you have. You know how normally you make them good? We need you to not. We need you to make them bad. <laughs> Yeah, one one shitty ladder, please. But make one of them real big. Bigger than you yeah, would we- possibly need. <laughs> make one big enough for me to climb a skyscraper. I need to go to the moon on this <laughs> ladder. So we get the ladder involved eventually. Um, when uh, Sean gets the ladder, but Razor gets it back, he starts putting it in the ring, and, and Sean drop kicks the ladder... Right into Razor's old gut parts. And then, uh, 
Then he starts jamming the ladder into him and starts hitting him with it. Jerry the King Lawler says that the ladder weighs 80 to 100 pounds, and I'm like, <laughs> Jerry, have you ever been near a ladder? What ladder would, would weigh a hundred? Non-functional ladder imaginable. <laughs> uh, how would he? Like, how do you think he's just lifting that? I mean, obviously he's a wrestler; he can lift much more than a hundred pounds. But to just be slinging it around, <laughs> this is a weighted ladder. Uh, eventually, he starts climbing the ladder, uh, but Razor gets up and he grabs him by the tights and exposes his butt. You see his butt come out? I did. I did see his butt. And I like how he knocks him off and he hits an elbow drop with his ass still hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd starts going wild. They're like, booty! Uh, He is a sexy boy. He is a sexy boy. Here he's actually kind of a boy, so it makes sense. Yeah, this is the youngest, obviously. This is the oldest match I've ever seen. That is how time works. Shawn Michaels, and, like, the the title fits him much better now than it does, say, um, um, at any man, point. Man, I can't believe you're horny for Shawn Michaels right now. I'm just saying, Shawn Michaels gets a little grizzled after a while. Yeah. And, you know, here he's in his prime. Yeah. And his and his butt is just, is just slinging about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Shawn climbs up the ladder in the corner... And comes off of it with a huge splash in one of those moments. There's, like, a lot of wrestling moments that are, like, kind of just live on. And, like, you see them in these montages and stuff. That's one of them, of Shawn Michaels jumping off that ladder. Because, now, we're going to see a lot more crazier stuff done in ladder matches. But try to put yourself in 1994 when a ladder has never been used, really. I mean, like, a major crowd has never seen a ladder used before. And you're seeing a guy jump off a ladder onto another guy. Oh, yeah, this match is Ladders 101. So It is all of the sort of basic ladder moves laid out for us. We're laying the groundwork of, of ladders. Um, so Sean starts climbing up again. Razor pushes the ladder over, and Michaels falls into the ring ropes. Um, we, we get this really cool overhead shot I like of both guys knocked down on the ground. Does, I think it does a lot of good storytelling of these two guys doing whatever they can to 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 get that title belt. Yeah, and the, I'll say this. The pace of this match was a little bit slow, but one, I think that's just because wrestling was a little bit slower than in general, and two, this is the first time anyone's ever used a ladder. We got to kind of be sure we're doing it right. Yeah, exactly. Um, we go outside the ring eventually, and, and Razor slams the ladder into Shawn Michaels as he's up against the ring post. Uh, he leans it up against the ring and, and catapults him into it. Uh, once we're we're back in the ring, uh, he hits him in the face with the ladder, and Shawn goes over the top rope. Razor starts climbing, but uh, but Shawn Michaels jumps off the top rope and knocks Razor down. Now they're both on the ladder. And they start punching each other, and Razor's, Razor's able to toss Michaels down, but the ladder collapses, and they both go down. Razor eventually starts going back up. Michaels, and then we get this back and forth, and Michaels drop kicks the ladder. Razor goes down. He pushes the ladder on top of him. Uh, I thought it was really funny that he he does an Irish whip, and and 
hits him with the sweet chin music on the return. And they don't like they don't really call it anything. They're not like whoa, sweet chin music out of nowhere because it's like it was just like his like regular like transitional move at that point. Oh, really? Which I thought, yeah. They don't make any sort of hype for it. He hits him with a with a pile driver, and uh, then he does this cool move where he goes to the ladder. Or he grabs the ladder, goes to the top rope, and then he like jumps off and kind of just rides the ladder down on top of him. That was really cool. Um, eventually Michaels puts the ladder right on top of Razor and climbs up but Razor gets up and knocks the ladder over and Michaels lands crotch first on the top rope and his leg gets tangled up which gives Razor Ramon the opportunity to climb up the ladder and bring both belts down At- Shawn Michaels selling being tangled in the ropes is also hilarious because you can't get I mean apparently you can get tangled enough to get your ear ripped off so I maybe shouldn't speak to, too too dominantly about that, but uh, it seems like he's like he's like flopping around, and uh, it's just really funny because you're really not that tangled in the ropes, bud. I don't know. I like you said, Mick Foley got so tangled that he thought he was gonna choke himself, and so he just ripped his own ear off. Yeah, but those were tampered with ropes. Yeah, I, I suppose so. But you're supposed to suspend your disbelief, man. Oh, no, no. I was just saying I love the way he was selling it because he's, like, flopping around like a fish. Well, he is it a good was, flopper. It's fun. Uh, but, yeah, so one thing I like here that does sort of get dropped later is that they've got this spotlight on the belts that make them look like the inside of the suitcase from <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, they, they say... Now, they have to get both belts down to win. So that just left me wondering, what if one of them got one belt and one got the other? That would have been a fun way to end it. Although, also not a great way to end it. Because it's WrestleMania and you don't want that weird kind of ending. But uh, overall, my my rating of this match is two men, one ladder, but... But, But, yes, you're right, there was one but in the match. Yes. Two men... One ladder, one butt, bonus points for originality. That's my ranking of this one. Yeah, I gave it a four out of five. This is actually um, uh, respected wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer has only given a handful of WWE matches a, a perfect five-star rating. This is actually one of them. Uh, to me, doesn't really get a five-star rating just because there are so many other wilder ladder matches in history. Uh, but I, I can really see how this one influenced all the ones to come. A lot of you know, popular ladder match tropes were kind of born here, so. Absolutely. Like I said, this is Ladders 101, basic ladders. And then we're going to move, you know, into Ladders 201, intermediate ladders. Uh, <laughs> is it 101, is it 201 or is it 102? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a 200-level course in ladders. Yeah, because we do kind of beef it up a little bit. When we go to SummerSlam 1998, uh, we're, we're, we're prime in the attitude era here. It's four years later. There's only been a, I think there's only been like three ladder matches in between these two. Uh, Sean and Razor have a, have a rematch. And then Shawn Michaels also has like a one-off with gold dust. But, um, this is really the next in, in advancing the ladder match. Uh, cause no, I, I have a little bit of a question here. A little bit of a question or an actual a question? A little, a baby one. Tiny question. 
Uh, ladder matches, are they typically now done with sort of more of your high flyers, your acrobatic wrestlers? Or is that just like the ones I remember are those because they're really cool? Um, yes to both. I mean, they usually try to involve at least one high flyer wrestler. You know, not always. You know, there's there have been, I mean, you know, like we see later, Undertaker's done some, Kane has done some. Hell, they put Big Show in a ladder match once, which, Jesus, that seemed like such a bad idea. Yeah. But, no, I mean, they can they can put, they've put anyone in ladder matches. But then again, I think at this point, high flyer wrestlers don't really exist quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I was going to say is, like, in the previous match, you know, the the, uh, the first match here with uh, Shawn Michaels, like, Shawn Michaels is the closest thing we have to an acrobatic wrestler in this era, I think. Yeah. Would you say I'm, I'm right about I that? I would say that you're right about that. Uh, but then this one, we get two big old heavy close-to-the-ground boys yeah. For this next one. Yeah, we get The Rock versus Triple H. Once again for the Intercontinental Championship. The Rock is still part of the Nation of Domination here. His uh, Black Panther Nation of Islam parody group. He's the leader at this point. He comes out with Mark Henry, fellow member of the nation. Whereas Triple H is uh, you know, right in the middle of, of, of D-Generation X. He's coming out with China. They have this Nation of Domination, Degeneration X feud. Uh, in the in the pre-match promo, they do that. They show us a little bit of that really hilarious parody that DX did of the Nation, which did involve X Pac doing blackface. Oh boy, I did not. I went straight to the match. I missed that, and I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, I think. They only showed the promo of it, so I don't even know if they really showed that. I don't know if they really showed X-Pac being blackface Mark Henry, but that did happen. It's really funny, Uh, but that part just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Somebody should have stopped him there. Um, um, Eventually, many people should have stopped many things in wrestling, like, a lot of times. Here's another thing they should have stopped. Chris Warren, the Chris Warren band ever playing live. I don't know why they let this happen on more than yeah. one occasion because it already happened at WrestleMania 14 this year. Uh, the Chris Warren band, the Degeneration X band, played the DX music. Actually, they not only played the DX music for Shawn Michaels' entrance, they also played the national fucking anthem. A song that was so bad that they edited it out of the WWE Network showing of WrestleMania 14. So get this. <laughs> WWE will leave in Chris Benoit matches, but they will edit out the Chris Warren Band's rendition of the, <laughs> of the national anthem. Um, so I do have a, a note here. Uh, so one of the commentary guys says, oh, it sounds like the who. I, it cannot be understa- or overstated how much this does not sound like the who. I, knew, I, I had that in there as well. They sound like the who. They do not, like, because, oh, man, it's they're so bad. And they later do, I think my favorite one they do is they do Triple H's music for his singles run, which starts out with this this really, <laughs> this is how Triple H's music from his his original entrance music for his singles run starts out. It goes with Chris Warren saying, One, two, is this on? 
Which is like, you're recording a song. Why are you asking if the microphone is on? No, that's like, so, you know, you could say, well, he's in a, he's in a wrestling ring. You know, that, maybe that's why the music's bad, because they're sort of doing it on the spot. But they're not, because those guitars are not plugged into anything. So this is pre-recorded, and they're lip-syncing to it, and it's still bad. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And they played, they did so much music for the WWF. I, I can't understand why they would, I guess maybe they didn't realize it was bad, that the national anthem they did was so bad. Or maybe they just thought, well, I mean, let's just let them stick to their original songs. That will be fine. I think that the WWE, this goes to show, like, especially at the time. I feel like WWE now is a little bit more plugged in. But at this era, they were really disconnected from the youth in a lot of ways. So, like, they're just like, this is the kid music. Kids love it. Without realizing whether the product they were creating was actually good or bad. As evidenced by King saying they sound like The Who in 1998. Yes, exactly. Well, eventually we get everyone down to the ring. Mark Henry does this weird tongue thing at China. Because I think this is when Mark Henry was kind of transitioning into his sexual chocolate gimmick, which is exactly what it sounds like. Oh, it sounds like a whole lot of problematic balled up into one gimmick. Okay. If you consider problematic Mark Henry having an affair with an 80-year-old woman who then gave birth to a human hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what? Yeah, that was a real wrestling storyline. Oh, my God. Most of the storylines you talk about on the show, you've told me about before, like, in private, you know, like, like, just with us being friends. Yeah, go look up, Zach, and, this is the first and anyone listening, go look up Mark Henry May Young gives birth to in hand. This is just, okay. Well, now we know where, uh, where that member of the Adams family came from. Oh, shit. Thing. Yeah, that's his name, Thing. Well, let, let's get into, I was really not expecting to bring up Mae Young's hand child, but... Well, I'm glad you did. It just can't kind of came up. It came out of you just like it kind of came out of her. So Triple H and Rock start brawling right off the top. Rock goes for a rock bottom pretty quick, but Triple H counters. Triple H goes for a pedigree, but Rock counters that, backdrops him over the top rope. We're going for the ladder right away, but he gets cut off, and now they're brawling on the entrance ramp. They're doing a lot of brawling, which, like you said, you know, their styles don't really fit a ladder match too much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not in the way of, like, people jumping off ladders and stuff. This is more... And again, we haven't really gotten to that yet. That's kind of stuff that hasn't really existed quite yet. So this is more about using the ladders as weapons. Right, and I think whereas the previous match focused on some basic ladder moves, this match gets a little bit more advanced with some sort of outside-the-ring ladder action. How can you use the, the ring and the barricade with the ladder? Yeah, that, that is true. They, uh, they, do, they, they talk a little bit about how The Rock injured Triple H's knee earlier on Heat, so that will come up a little bit throughout here. Um, they do like they do a cool move where like The Rock sandwiches Triple H's leg in the ladder and then he starts hammering it with a steel chair. 
So again, yeah, using yeah. the latter to be a little more a little more creative. They, they uh, this is the first ladder sandwich, right? Or did we get a ladder? I don't think we got a ladder sandwich. I don't think we got a ladder sandwich. There will be plenty more to come, though. Yes, they they will become a staple of the ladder match. And they also there's a there's a spot here where the Rock sets up the ladder in between the steel steps and the guardrail, and he slams Triple H like knee first on top of it. Uh, so yeah, again another innovative move. Uh, we eventually uh, get back into the ring, and uh, we start trying to climb up the ladder. We start using the ladder as something to slam people on. Triple H tries for a pedigree on the ladder, and Rock backdrops him onto it instead. Um, Mark Henry and China get involved uh, when Henry tries to stop uh, Triple H from uh, from getting the Rock off the ladder, but China takes him out. So we got. I like. It's kind of interesting that the Rock is is or that Mark Henry is the Rock's muscle, whereas China is is Triple H's muscle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that having these two in the match did sort of spice it up a little bit, I think, um, because I I really a believer in as you'll learn as we move through this, more people, more ladders, more fun. Yeah, and I think this is the first ladder match where we get second ladder. Yes, yes. Uh, because there's a point here where. Someone brings in another ladder, and then they, like, the rock straddles it up on the top rope, and uh, and then they eventually climb up both sides, and, uh, and the rock knocks Triple H off the ladder, and Triple H goes crashing into the other ladder, but as he, fall, as he falls down, he knocks over the first ladder, and the rock falls down, too. So just a big old, big old car crash. Yeah, uh, and so... Here with uh, the escalation of these ladders, as we're, we're inching towards mayhem, uh, I really appreciate their use of the two ladders because it's easy to get two ladders in the ring and not really use them to their full effect. But here, I think we get a really good dramatic usage of the climbing apparatus. That's a, that is a funny way to say ladder. Uh, two ladders, too furious. <laughs> um, so I also like, though, that the WWE has all these really big muscle guys, all these, like, top athletes. They always talk about the athleticism, how athletic their men are. Yet, they are the slowest ladder climbers in the history of man. That is the other thing with a lot of ladder matches is they have to climb up them really slow because, like, they're, like, waiting on the next moment, like, the next thing to happen, and, you know, like... There are so many times in so many of these ladder matches where it's just, like, you could have won already. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you just climb the ladder at a regular human pace, at the pace of even a small child... You would have won. I, it's also funny, like, when they're they're all the way up there, and then they have to kind of pretend like they're, like, fiddling with it or something. Yeah, like, struggling with the with the apparatus. They're like, I'm the... so strong, I can lift many men, but I cannot, un- I, ca- I can't use a clothespin. <laughs> Eventually, the, uh, the match kind of ends whenever, uh, whenever Triple H starts climbing the ladder. 
Um, but he but Rock gets off, so Triple H jumps at him, but the Rock catches him and hits him with a rock bottom. Rock climbs up the ladder, but Triple H pulls him down and hits a pedigree. And Henry Pocket Sand Pocket Sand throws it in Triple H's eyes. The Triple H starts climbing anyway, even though he's blind. The Rock climbs up the other side, but China gives him a low blow. Triple H grabs the belt and wins. Um, a lot of stuff in this match happens that clearly influences later ladder matches, such as the way the ladder's used as a weapon and the introduction of multiple ladders. But there were a lot of parts of this match that were painfully slow. Yes, I agree. Um, and that's something, working on the pace, uh, getting the pace right in the ladder match is so very important, I think. And this and the previous one were kind of slow. Uh, because, you know, we're at the sort of the, the conception of the ladder match. And two men, two ladders, that's a one-to-one man-to-ladder ratio, yes. But points off for slowness. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. Like, I mean, I guess maybe this one was considerably slower than the first one because I think it's considerably weaker than the first one. Uh, yeah. I would only give it a two and a half out of five stars. This match kind of says, I mean, and we do develop some ladder techniques here that become staple ladder techniques, don't get me wrong. But this match kind of says we don't know where to go with the ladder gimmick anymore. We're lost. But soon, soon we will be found. I think this next match is what takes it to the next level. What, what do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. We go to No Mercy 1999. This is actually the first ever tag team ladder match, which, honestly, I feel like that's when, like, you can do, if you get the right two people, you can have a good one-on-one ladder match. But I feel like and you, once you get multiple guys in there and you get tag teams in there, that's when you really find your, find your sweet spot. What were you going to say? No. You know how much I typically do not like a tag team match. But when it comes to, as I said previously, more men, more ladders, more fun, it works perfectly for a ladder match because it allows you to set up the action and just like keep rolling into new moves without it getting slow because like two guys are setting up the, the stunt while the other two are executing one, so you get stunt after stunt without all the downtime in between them. Yeah, these were kind of hard to take notes because so many things would keep happening. Right, right. Uh, in this match, No Mercy 1999, we get two teams that will later have a long career, uh, you know, facing one another. We get Edge and Christian, uh, who were originally part of The Brood, a vampire team with Gangrel, but they left The Brood, and the new Brood is Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. They come out with Gangrel, uh, but yeah, these two teams kind of redefine ladder matches. And it's a classic continuation of the battle that is waged throughout history of goths versus surfers. <laughs> You're right. You got the blondes versus the brunettes. Yes, yes you so do. We got fake brothers and real brothers. Uh also in here as well. Also, I want to mention this is the Terry Invitational Tournament, which Terry Runnels. Ha ha ha. Yes. Ha, tit. Ha. Fucking hilarious. Tit. The Terry Invitational Tournament. So let me let me let you in on a little secret here. Terry Runnels 
Let me see if you can guess who... T- see, Terry Runnels, you may not know this because she does... Runnels is the real last name of another pretty famous wrestler. Of, of, a, of a wrestling family, actually. Let me see if you can guess whose wife Terry is. Uh, is the wife of a wrestler in this match? Not in this match. Um... Is she the wife of the big show? No, no, no. You're never going to guess it. Okay, who is it? She's Goldust's wife. What? (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Um, And so, and judging by exactly how horny King is being through this whole match, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Goldust... Really, uh, really did well for himself. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- wait. You didn't watch. You didn't watch the pre-match thing, did you? No, I didn't. It, I... it shows a flashback to earlier on Heat, and Jerry Lawler is interviewing Terry, and basically, so the this is a tournament to earn the services of Terry. The, she'll be their manager. And so right. Jerry Lawler is talking to Terry, and he's like, so what do they got to do, Terry? How are they going to win the match? And she's like, well, they got to climb up this ladder. And so she starts climbing up the ladder, and it's really just a ploy for her to climb up the ladder so that Jerry Lawler can look up her skirt. Yeah, no, I kind of got a feeling that was exactly what happened by how much he kept talking about it. Yeah, he just keeps talking about her, her, her vagina. Yeah, oh, and he has a line, oh, it's so gross. It's so gross, because he keeps talking about, they get use of her, and he's kind of doing like a quote-unquote services thing. He keeps emphasizing services, because he's implying sex. And he says that when she climbed up that ladder, I'm pretty sure I saw her services, and it winked at me. (laughs) What the fuck? Is her vagina winked at you? I, that's what he's implying, is that her vagina winked at you. If her vagina winked at you, there's something wrong. Yeah, so, as much as I do love this match, and we're gonna get into it, and how cool it is, points off for just exactly how horny this man is. Yeah, there's always, like, one thing. Yeah, no, there really is. Um, so we do eventually get into this. It's so weird to me to think that the Hardys were part of the brood, because I always just think of them as their own people. WWE went through this, like, phase where they're like, well, if a guy doesn't know how to talk on the mic, then he has to have a manager. And that just is not always the case. And you know what? I would argue from their recent work that, uh, they do know how to use that mic pretty well. Are you, are you, uh... Brother Nero! Brother Nero! Oh, a dilapidated bird! <laughs> uh, what is that called so we can, we can send people to go watch it? Uh, why did I just, like, completely forget? Uh, oh, the final deletion. If you haven't yes, seen the final yes. deletion, you should. We should do a final deletion episode. <laughs> we absolutely should, because I know that that story has continued and has gotten more and more insane. Yeah, it may be kind of too hard to follow. Anyways, let, let's let's get into it. So the first tag team ladder match between Edge and Christian and the Hardys is on for 
Terry services. And also, like, $100,000, which, I don't know, I feel like a wrestler probably makes a lot more money than that, but... I would hope so. I wouldn't be putting myself through tables and into ladders and off hells and cells if I wasn't making some pretty good money. Yeah, it's like, man, you guys are jumping off a ladder for $100,000? Yeah, I mean... Don't get me wrong, I would jump off a ladder for $100,000, but I'm me. You know, And I love jumping man. off ladders. <laughs> I would pay you to let me jump off a ladder. <laughs> um, we do that spot again where, like, the manager gets kicked out because Gangrel starts bringing a ladder into the ring, and the referee says, Get out of town, you, you spooky, spooky fang man. <laughs> um, Jeff brings a ladder into the ring. Edge drop kicks it back into his face. Let's see when's our when's our first big spot? Because if I if I went through everything in this match, it, we would be here forever. Absolutely, absolutely, we would. Um, I really like one of the things that he does that does become a staple, and what shows that we're like because I really think that the Hardys and Edge and Christian redefined what a ladder match was in a lot of ways. Definitely. And brought it into what a ladder match should be. And that's more acrobatics, more high-flying kind of stuff. And I think that a great indication of that is the fact that they do, for the very first time here, the run up the ladder. Like, they they prop... Okay, this is hard to explain. One ladder is unfolded sitting in the ring. Someone is climbing it. They put a folded ladder next to that ladder and run up the, the like, the folded ladder to kick the man on the unfolded ladder. Go watch it. I know that's a bad explanation, but there's just a so much A lot of these are hard, are hard to explain. They also, I, I like they start doing, uh, you know, using each other as launching pads to, like, you know, one of them gets on all fours and the other one uses them to leap onto the other. Um, yes. This yes. is the first time where we really start seeing moves being done off the ladder. You know, we're, we're seeing people hit each other with ladders. We're seeing people jump off of ladders. We're even occasionally seeing people getting knocked off of ladders. But, like, doing moves off ladders is something I feel like is pretty new. Christian hits a reverse DDT on, on, on Jeff off the ladder. Um, uh, Edge power bombs Matt off the ladder. Um, Jeff... Gets off the top rope and drop kicks Edge off the ladder. So lots of lots of stuff like that that I thought was pretty was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the tempo is high. This is like if you're listening to this episode and you don't have time to go watch all the matches, I would say this is one that's worth your time. Like go check this out because it is a fantastic match, uh, and just it's it's action the whole time. And these guys have had so many different ladder matches with each other that I think this one, even though it's their first one, I've kind of falls. You know, people kind of forget about it a little bit. Uh, but but oh. it's it's a really good one. Um, another another really cool move. Uh, Jeff hits a swanton bomb on Edge on Edge is on a ladder and he does a swanton bomb onto Edge on the ladder. Um, they also do this really cool move where Jeff is like on the top rope and there's a ladder set up in the corner and he like leapfrogs over the ladder yeah. and then leg drops on Christian. That was pretty cool. 
that was that was very cool. That was one of my one of my highlights for this. Oh, uh, definitely. Because that does become, I mean, at least in the matches we watch later, like he does that a little bit, and that's just a super cool move. Hmm. Um. Edge and Jeff both climb a ladder, but Edge takes him down off the top. Um, this is the one that I think we were kind of mentioning that's very hard to describe. I'm going to do my best. It's where... So, Matt and Christian are, are like kind of punching each other. There, is, there are two ladders on the mat. One of them is open. Its legs spread wide, like Jerry Lawler probably thinks of Terry. <laughs> Another ladder is propped onto this ladder's crotch, if you will. Jeff Excellent explanation. comes off the top of the off the top rope and leg drops the ladder and like makes it like seesaw and snap up into Matt and Christian's faces. Which yes, is really where cool. each of them are catching one side of the ladder. That has been propelled forward by the seesaw motion. That's a pretty dangerous move. They've done this move a lot of times. There was one time... Oh, it's so cool. Uh, ...where it, they, he just ripped a dude's face off doing this move. Oh, not, what? Not, ripped, not actually ripped his face I, off. I know, but, but like, still. He, like, it, it was bad, and he had to, like, wear, like, a face mask for a while because it just, like, fucked him up so bad. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, that's one thing I want to talk about here because we, we, do, we do talk about this quite a bit. As far as, like, things that hurt, things that don't hurt quite as much, like being put through a table doesn't hurt that bad. Do you think the ladder sandwich hurts? The ladder sandwich? Like? Yeah. Like, when you get put inside the ladder and then it gets, gets hit down on you, you think that hurts? I like, don't, bad? I don't know. I mean, I... I... It seems... I feel like the seesaw shot has to actually be painful. Because that's like a chair shot, but with a ladder. Yeah, and the only thing I... Unless it's maybe like it's so close that it doesn't actually hit their faces. But it just looks right, like it does. Right. The ladder sandwich probably does hurt a little bit. I, I don't really know how much you can make that not hurt. Certainly falling off of a ladder would hurt. I Do you think that falling into the... Be, or being knocked into the ladder hurts like on your back? Because they do that a lot. Uh... And yeah, probably. It, or is it one of those things where it's like the the rungs are close enough together that it doesn't really bother you, like a bed of nails? Maybe. I don't know, man. You're asking me. I, let's just do it. Let's just let's have a ladder match, you and I. Okay. We'll be right back. I'm down for for ladder. Well, we'll play for. We'll uh, we'll fight for the custody of my future children. Oh boy. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Um, so eventually they, uh, all four guys get up on the ladders and they all start fighting at the top. Both ladders get knocked down and everyone falls into the ropes and the fans are going nuts. They all start climbing again, uh, but none of them are really that close to the bag of money. Uh, Matt gets knocked off the ladder, but he fall he hits the ropes and he falls back into the ladder and knocks Christian down. On the way down, Christian knocks down Edge. And but Jeff is able to grab the money and win. Uh, yeah, I thought this was another ladder match that kind of paves the way for the future. Uh, knowing that this was the first time all these guys were doing this crazy shit makes it so much better. Oh, absolutely. And I think that I mean, 
Uh, it, it's just, it's really good. It it takes the ladder match where it needs to go. It puts, it breathes life back into it, I think, in, in a lot of ways. Definitely. I uh, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, I give it a four men, two ladders. There were only two ladders in this match? There were only two ladders in that match. Huh. Surprising. But we're about to turn up the heat. We're about to turn up the men and the ladder. And the other pieces of furniture. Yes. Uh, I, I will withhold my rating of this next match until the end, but I think you're going to, I think you're going to agree with my, with my assessment. I'm excited. We go to SummerSlam 2000. The, uh, the Hardys and Edge and Christian are still feuding. They're kind of trading the tag team titles back and forth, and they're also trading them back and forth with the Dudley Boys, who we talked about a little bit in our ECW episode. Uh, Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley have come to the WWF, and uh, their whole gimmick, as you know, is, is tables. They like to put guys through tables. Whereas Matt and Jeff Hardy are really like big on the ladders, doing crazy moves. Whereas Edge and Christian have started this new uh, double team move where they put uh, they take each of them takes a chair and smacks a guy's head with on both sides with two chairs. They call it the concerto. Uh, it is the vertical versus the horizontal versus the chair. The, the, yeah, the chair I guess doesn't have a way up direction yeah it is it is both actually because you got the back of the chair and the seat of the chair Ah. um mick foley was the commissioner at the time so he decides well you guys like tables you guys like ladders you guys like chairs so we're gonna have a tables ladders and chairs oh my match uh and i really think this is my favorite match of the ones we cover this week yeah, it's a it's a fun one. This is a, the first ever TLC match, which, to be fair, is just a ladder match where tables and chairs are encouraged. But it's so great, and this actually was kind of born out of at WrestleMania 2000. All three of these guys wrestled in the first ever triangle ladder match. It was the first time they ever had three tag teams in one ladder match. But then tables ended up getting introduced into the match. So a lot of people kind of forget and they kind of consider that to be the first TLC match but actually it was not called such so this is the first ever TLC match um, these guys have like a series of TLC matches they're all in the first three of them and then many of them come back for, for many more um, but yeah I've always been a big fan of, of the TLC I don't know why I like it more than a ladder match but I just um. I because it just gets so crazy. That's true. It gets so much more crazy because combining, you can't really combine the chairs into it. They're just kind of there for flavor. But combining tables and ladders is a fantastic move. Yeah. Like it is, It they go together so well, you can set so much more stuff up with them. That's super cool. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the the table ladder combat. And I, I kind of hate the way things have become now, where each show has like its own gimmick. Like, there's a pay per view called Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, which I kind of hate because it's like every year we have a bunch of TLC matches, and it's like you know you got to make them special. You can't just have it like as a yearly thing. Right, I agree, and I don't understand why you would want to put them all in one place. Because I feel like you would sell more pay-per-views uh, if you were like 
if you spread them out, because then, like, if I'm watching for the tables, ladders, and chairs, I know that I'm getting that flavor a little bit in every pay-per-view. And, well, they also, I mean, they don't do all tables. Like, this is something funny that they do. They'll have, like, the main event will be a TLC match. They'll also have a ladder match. They'll also have a tables match. And then they also have something called a chairs match. A chairs match is just a, a like, no holds barred, though. Like, that's just... Yeah. This is a regular... I don't know. Uh, well, well, no, the the objective is to be the first man to sit in a chair. Oh. No, that was a joke. That wasn't... Okay, that's... I was going to say, that's dumb, but that sounds exactly like something that they would do. <laughs> um, we, we start brawling right away here in this one. Uh, Edge and Christian get chairs in the ring uh, pretty quickly, but uh, the Hardys get a hold of them and start beating them up with, with chairs. Uh, the ladder comes into the ring pretty quickly. Uh, and Bubba Ray slams the ladder into Edge's face and hits a DDT on Christian. Um, a pretty cool move pretty early on. Uh, we, we don't waste a lot of time before we start climbing the ladders. Um, exactly how it should be. I don't like a whole lot of brawling before my ladders get introduced. Uh, Jeff and Devon start climbing a ladder, but Edge takes them both down with like a double Russian leg sweep. And then Christian climbs up, but Bubba follows him up and hits a Bubba bomb off the ladder that looked pretty brutal because he's just like jamming Christian's spine into the mat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually, uh, Jeff is is climbing up the ladder. Edge pulls him off the ladder and hits, and he hits another ladder that's leaning up against the third ladder on the ground. Lots of ladders involved here. Yeah, no, this is this is one of my favorite spots from this, because it's like, you ever play the game Mousetrap? Ah, uh, of course. This is Mousetrap-level shenanigans, mm -hmm. where you have the seesaw ladder apparatus set up, and then a, a third ladder where a man is punched off of onto the seesaw apparatus to trigger the seesaw apparatus to hit other men. <laughs> it is very Mousetrap-like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Edge and, uh, and I love it so much for that. Edge and Christian get the chairs. They go for a concerto, but uh, Jeff ducks, and, and Bubba starts taking them all down with the ladder. Um, we get the uh, the was up headbutt where uh, where Bubba spreads Edge's legs, and Devon jumps off the ladder and headbutts him right in the crotch. And that's when Bubba says, "Get the tables," and Devon obliges. <laughs> oh yeah! They put Chris. Oh, we get yes. our first table, our first table break, uh, with a with a three D th on Christian through the table, and the tables just keep coming, man. This is an infinite supply of tables, and the tables start coming, and they don't stop coming. They don't stop coming, <laughs> and they just start setting up this table tower. They get four tables all set up on top of each other on the outside, um. Bubba Ray. In, in a two-layer, though. Yeah. Not like four tables stacked yeah, one, it's on too one, tall. one on one on one. What if, okay, this would be interesting. What if instead of climbing the ladder, they just set up tables on top of each other and <laughs> climb that up? You know, there's no rule that you have to use the ladder to get the briefcase. That's a good point. And you know what I've always wondered? Okay, how many tables, you know, like he does this double-layer table cake. How many tables do you have to fall through before you stop breaking tables? Like, before the tables break your fall enough that you stop breaking through them? Yeah, what is terminal velocity for 
table breaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bubba is trying to powerbomb Matt over the top and through the tables, but Edge breaks it up, hits Bubba with a chair. Edge takes out both Dudleys with chair shots. Matt gets a twist of fate on Edge. And then Matt and Jeff each start hitting leg drops off the ladder onto Edge. Edge gets sandwiched in it, in the ladder. Christian goes to the top rope, uh, but this was pretty cool. Matt grabs Christian off the top and throws him onto the ladder, onto Edge. Outside the ring, Jeff climbs up a huge, like, 20-foot fucking ladder while Bubba is laying on top of two tables. But Bubba moves out of the way, and Jeff crashes through those tables. Yeah, which, like, hey, man, what was your plan there exactly? I know you were trying to hit Bubba, but you were still going to, you were still going through those tables. That, that's a good point. Um, Matt, Devon, Edge, and Christian are all on top of a ladder. Matt takes Christian down to the mat with a twist of fate, while Edge and Devon butt heads and fall down. They're all down, so Bubba climbs up the ladder, but Edge and Christian knock it over. And here's where Bubba goes all the way down, off the ladder, all the way to the outside, through to the floor, through all four tables stacked on top of each other. And it's it's the coolest spot, I think, in the whole match. Yeah. Yeah, riding the ladder down is uh is is a personal favorite of mine. It was kind of a Mick Foley sort of sort of uh sort of thing, because it's like, you know, the Dudleys are the table boys, but they, they, they're the ones who got tabled. Absolutely. Absolutely. The um the irony of the Foley Foley The Foley Foley's Folly. I couldn't do it. Foley's Folly. That's what we're gonna call that from now on, yes. Edge and Christian are now climbing up the ladder, but Lita, who is uh the third part of Team Extreme with Matt and Jeff Hardy, Lita comes down to the ring and shoves the ladder over. Uh so Matt climbs up the ladder, but Devon knocks it over and Matt goes backwards out through the floor through two more tables. Yeah, it's sick. Edge, this was a this was a brutal spot, and it's also kind of funny when you think about it. Like Edge ends up, uh, or Lita ends up cheating on Matt Hardy with Edge, but uh, Edge spears Lita like really hard on the floor, and it looks like she hit her head on the back of the ladder as she went. Yeah, down. yeah, that was uh, that was pretty intense. Devon and Jeff are now climbing up the ladder, and they both grab the belts, but the ladder falls down underneath them. I think this is the first time I've ever seen, or not the first time I've ever seen this, but the first time this had ever been done, where you got guys, like, dangling off of the cable, which I always wonder, like, what if the belt just came off right now? (laughs) Yeah, no, the dangling off the uh, belt is always super cool. Devon falls, and they're, like, fighting while they're up there. Yeah, they're, like, kicking each other and stuff. Uh, Devon falls down. Edge and Christian hit Jeff with a ladder to knock Kim down, and they climb up and grab the belts to win. So what would you think of that one? Six men, four ladders, infinite tables. I loved it. You didn't actually count the tables? They were uncountable. I actually think in reality there were roughly ten tables, but don't quote me on that. Let's see, Bubba goes through four. Yes, and, and then we have... And then Matt Hardy goes through two, and then Jeff goes through two, and then Christian went through one. So we had okay, nine... Okay, so 11 tables. Nine ta- you cannot count, my boy. No, okay. Four the plus four plus two. Four is... Hey, yep, you're right. <laughs> plus two more, plus one is nine. 
Okay, okay. Nine tables. Quick That's taken. a pretty good amount of tables, I'd say. It's a very, very good amount of tables. Um, these guys have had so many of these matches. It's hard to tell which one is the best one, but I probably would say the TLC 2, which is at WrestleMania 17, is a little bit better. Uh, but this one's still amazing. Uh, four out of five stars for this one. Yeah, this one's my favorite one that we cover this week. Absolutely. You are perfectly good for that. I know that my favorite one is probably a little bit unconventional, and it's this next one. This Really? Yeah. It really is. Ah, okay. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to defend this a little bit. Okay, I will. When when we we'll finish it and I'll kind of explain to you why this one's my favorite. So we go to Raw two thousand two. Um, this is in, uh, I think it's the beginning of June. Um, this is right after the brand split. Undertaker is the WWE undisputed champion at this point. Um, he's basically like a monster heel right now where he is, uh, he's kind of just beating everybody up, taking everybody out. Uh, and just being a he real... He is a monster heel, but he is no longer a normal monster. He is a biker. He's no longer a normal monster. He's just a normal man. Yes. Yes, this is Biker Taker we're talking about here. Um, backstage, Undertaker is getting ready for his match. Uh, Vince McMahon is talking to him, and he says that he's going to get to face the Rocket Vengeance, whether he's the champion or not, and Undertaker's like, what do you mean, or not? He gets really mad. Uh, Jeff Hardy is ba- is is getting ready with Matt, and and then Lita comes backstage wearing a neck brace. Uh, I think she had been out at the time with an injury, so that's why the crowd kind of pops pretty big whenever she walks in um, to wish him good luck. See, here's the thing about this: Jeff Hardy is not a main inventor at this point in his career. He is like. A, a tag team with Matt Hardy occasionally might win, you know, a singles title like the Intercontinental title, but he's like considered, you know, very low on the totem pole. Whereas Undertaker is a ten-year veteran at this point, um, and the world champion. Yeah. So Jeff Hardy would not normally get a title shot with Undertaker. Certainly would not get it at the pay per view because Undertaker's going into the pay per view with Kurt Angle and The Rock. So this is like just like a one-off Raw match, a ladder match at that. So basically, they're, they're building up Jeff as the underdog here, but he's in his element. He's in a ladder match. Um, so Undertaker, of course, rides his bike down to ringside. Jeff comes out, and Jeff sits on Undertaker's bike, and he's like, Oh, no, 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 sir. This is my whip. Yeah, yeah. Him sitting on the on the Undertaker's bike was a sign of disrespect. Mm-hmm. So Undertaker comes after him. Um, Jeff is able to get in the ring and hit a baseball slide into a ladder that's set up at ringside and into Undertaker's face. Jeff then hits a slingshot crossbody on the Undertaker before following it up with a chair shot to the face. Undertaker eventually gets the upper hand, starts hammering away at Jeff, and he... Uh, he kind of controls the, the pace for a little while. Jeff gets in a little bit of offense, uh, like leg dropping a ladder on top of Undertaker. But eventually, uh, it's it's all Undertaker here. Uh, he rams the ladder into his face. Uh, he knocks him out onto the announce table. 
Uh, at one point, Undertaker starts climbing the ladder, and he's set up to win. But uh, he he looks and sees and sees Jeff, and he's like, "No, I want to fuck him up even more." Right, because he has this thing that he promised that he was not going to let Jeff walk out of the building. Right. Yeah. Um, I, one thing about this match that really does it for me is Jr.'s commentary because he is really putting Jeff over here. Um. He he's like showing a lot of compassion for him. He's like, you know, kid, you, you gotta you gotta just let it. Just Undertaker just needs to win it and go home, and you know that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, and okay, so like I see from a story perspective where this match is good, but it's just a lot of Undertaker wailing on this guy, and that makes a really good story. It in does. My opinion. It does make a really good story. Um, eventually Jeff does get in some offense out of nowhere, uh, and is about to, to, uh, and hits the whisper in the wind in the corner. He starts setting up the ladder, but, uh, Taker hits a big boot and Jeff, uh, Jeff goes to the outside. Um, they do a little bit of fighting on the outside. He uses, Jeff uses the ladder as a launching pad to do, to, like, he hits it and hits a senton onto Undertaker, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good, good spot. And, and uh, eventually, Jeff gets one of those huge ass ladders from under the ring. He starts climbing, but Undertaker cuts him off and grabs him for a power bomb. But Jeff reverses that into a Hurricane Rana. Um, Jeff starts climbing, and, and Jr. and King both are like yelling at him and screaming for him to grab the belt. But Undertaker comes back in and hits Jeff with a chair. He goes for another power bomb, but Jeff grabs the chair as he's pulling him up, and he hits Undertaker in the face. He hits him one more time with the chair, and then he starts climbing the ladder. And here is one of Jr.'s best calls of his career, where he says, he's like screaming at the top of his lungs. He says, climb the ladder, kid! Make yourself famous! And I yeah, just think that yeah. I, I think the story is all there. It's getting you really hyped. You actually think that this underdog... And in the context of the story, this nobody can beat someone as big and as established and as a monster heel as Undertaker. But, of course, Undertaker hits him with a chair, climbs up the other side, and then he choke slams him off the ladder into the floor, and he grabs the belt. And the crowd is like, pulled the rug out from under him, but it's so exciting. Uh, and then, but, yeah. but we're not done there, and the post-match stuff is really great. Uh, Undertaker yeah, yeah. gets on his bike, but he turns around and he sees Jeff pulling himself up. So Undertaker goes back into the ring, gives him a last ride, and he gets back on his bike, rides all the way up to the entrance ramp when Jeff gets on the mic and he says, Taker, you haven't broke me! So Undertaker comes back in the ring and gets ready to punch him, but instead he raises his hand up as a show of respect. And Undertaker turns face... Uh, for the last time in his career, and Undertaker stays a face for the rest of his career. Um, I just thought the storytelling here is just incredible. It, you know, there's not a lot of crazy spots or moments, but this is where wrestling storytelling is at its finest. This is like what. This is why when people say wrestling is dumb, or it's like, yeah, this is where I point to, and I'm like, no, it's it's there's there's something real and magical going on here. This is why I do not particularly care for this match as a ladder match. Two men 
two ladders and minimal use of the ladders. I just need, you know, like, I'm a ladder junkie. I need that those sick ladder spots pumped into my veins. And this just didn't really have that to me. It well, was slower. I, it was, I agree with you. Storytelling is all there. And from a story perspective, fantastic match. But from a ladder perspective, I guess lacking. I guess that I'm just a lot more highbrow, and I just have finer tastes. I would prefer to eat a filet mignon, whereas you would prefer to eat a quarter pounder. A ladder. A ladder. <laughs> there you go. I gave it a four point two five out of five stars. I actually ranked it higher than anything on this list because I thought it was so good. But. I give it a two men, two ladders, and here's the thing. It really shouldn't even get the two ladders. There were technically two ladders involved, but it should be two men, one ladder because the ladders were never used in conjunction with each other in a fun and cool way. I mean, I get your point. Maybe one day I'll get you there where you can respect the finer things in wrestling. <laughs> and not just be like, oh, yeah, I want to see somebody fall off something. Like a yeah, damn... Yeah, I want to see somebody fall off something. I do. Like a, I, I'm not afraid to admit that. Like a damn sadist. But it's cool. <laughs> well, if you uh, if you like crazy ladder stuff, here we go. Here's here's your fix. We move to WrestleMania 21, another kind of landmark evolution in the ladder match. We have our first ever Money in the Bank ladder match, which seemed like a pretty basic idea, but it's now grown into they did it every year, and then it became its own pay per view, and it's pretty much like inter. It's probably the last like, match that was invented in wrestling that I can think of that's stayed and had lasting power. Uh, again, yeah. it is just a ladder match, but with more people, but it's the it's the gimmick that goes with it. There's a briefcase hung above the ring. Whoever gets that briefcase can challenge for a world title anytime they want within a year. Uh, and it was a good storytelling thing. It was originally, it was, and they mentioned this, it was invented by Chris Jericho, both in the storyline and in, in real life. And what happened here was the roster was really good at this point. This, uh, this is 2005. They have a pretty big roster. Um, but when you get to WrestleMania, you can only have so many matches, and there were a lot of guys that were just left off of this card. Like, I mean, there these are a lot of really big-name guys, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Christian, Shelton Benjamin, Edge, and Kane, all these guys didn't have a spot in the in the match, or in the, in the card on WrestleMania. So this gave a reason for those guys who were kind of left off to, uh, to, ha- to do something really good and really special. Yeah, no, um, and I think having all these big-name guys together works really well, um... Because it's not like, you know, your typical six-man match. You've got, I would say, two, maybe three big names, and everyone else is just kind of filler. They're just there. But uh, here, we've got a pretty good lineup. Oh, for sure. And and a lot of guys who were kind of ladder match, really only Kane and Shelton Benjamin are the only ones that don't have a pretty decent ladder match background. Um. Yeah, everyone comes out to the ring in pretty quick succession until Kane comes out, and this was really cool where the ladders catch on fire as he's yeah, coming down. Uh, it would have been cooler if he was wearing the mask. Yeah, but yeah, he took his mask off just to reveal that he was an ugly dentist. <laughs> so uh, everyone starts attacking Kane right off the bat, 
Um, again, we get ladders involved pretty quickly here as Christian starts pulling a ladder over the top rope, uh, but Jericho, I can't even really describe what he does, but he, like, he like slaps the ladder and, like, makes it smack up into Christian's face. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, Jericho starts dominating the match for a while. Uh, he eventually launches himself over the top rope onto Edge, and then Christian hits a springboard crossbody onto Edge, Benoit, and Jericho, and then Benjamin jumps clean over the top rope with a senton onto Edge, Benoit, Christian, Tomko, and Chris Jericho, and then Kane gets on the top rope and jumps on top of everybody. Uh, yeah, it's, I always it's like dope. when they do that, that, like, escalating, like, pile jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That escalating I'll, dog I'll pile. I'll say, I, you know, I have said more men, more ladders, more fun. S- uh, teams is a little easier to follow, I think. Uh, when you get six guys all doing their own thing, it gets a little messy, but messy in a fun way that I don't mind at all. Yeah, and they would actually, like, expand this match to seven and then to eight people. Uh, the Money in the Bank match. So this is actually w- one of the smallest Money in the Banks. Um, oh, wow, really? Yeah. Of course, you get Tomko in there, who's just who's Christian's bodyguard. He's not actually in the match, but he does get involved a little bit. Uh, Kane gets that ladder in the ring, and then Edge and Christian try to stop him. They get hit with a ladder. Eventually, Edge and Christian have like a little reunion. They're, they're no longer teammates anymore but they do have a little reunion and they kind of do like a little concerto but with a ladder where they sandwich Kane in between two ladders yeah yeah uh there is this one point where uh where Kane puts Chris Benoit's arm in between two sides of the ladder and starts like just sandwiching it which kind of becomes a little bit of a plot point in this match uh you know there's plenty to talk about with Chris Benoit but I will give him some praise here and that he's selling that arm injury really well in this match. Yeah, the only problem with this match is that Chris Benoit starts bleeding from the head, and that just sort of, yeah, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. And we'll probably, there are a lot of things in here that are hard to watch in hindsight. Yeah. Um, Shelton Benjamin does a pretty cool move where he, he tries for a kick, Edge grabs his leg, but then he, he, like, spins around for, like, a roundhouse kick. But Edge ducks, but he, he still hits Christian in the face with a ladder. Um, Benjamin starts beating up on Edge, gets, him, gets a stinger splash in the corner. Shelton Benjamin's climbing up the ladder, but Chris Jericho comes up the other side, and the two are fighting on the top. Christian comes in with another ladder. He climbs up. Benoit climbs up the other side. And then Edge sets up a third ladder, and all of them are just punching away at each other up at the top. Christian takes down Benoit with a DDT. Jericho gets knocked down to the mat. And then Shelton Benjamin hits a huge T-bone suplex on Edge from the top of the ladder. I, You know, Shelton Benjamin has never won a Money in the Bank ladder match. He's been in more than anyone else. He's been in, like, at least three but I think he's, like, probably the guy I think about the most when I think about of a Money in the Bank ladder match, other than maybe Edge because he won the first one. But Shelton Benjamin really, like, does some impressive stuff here. Yeah, no, he really does. He has a good showing. It's a shame he's never won one. It's 
Shelton, he's like a guy who's he's very athletic, and you know, but he never won a world title. He's he's all he's like one of those guys that you know never quite made it as good as he probably should have. And I think that uh, you know, no need to really beat around the bush or be like, oh, well, it's some real mystery. I think it's probably racism. You may have a point there. Uh, this is not a time where a lot of black men or women were winning championships. Uh, at least not world championships. Uh, Sheldon does another pretty cool move right after this, where there's a ladder that is propped up against a standing ladder. Jericho is on it, and Shelton Benjamin like runs up the like props ladder and clotheslines him off of it. I don't know how he didn't fall. Like that's yeah, that was wild. That's a WrestleMania moment right there. Absolutely. Uh, Shelton climbs the ladder again, but Christian hits him in the gut with another ladder. Kane is back in, hits a big boot on Christian. Uh, Kane then tries to chokeslam Benjamin over the top rope. I don't know if this was a botch or what, but he tries to chokeslam him over the top rope, but his leg just gets caught up, and he gets tied upside down. And he's yeah, out of the match for the rest of this point, so it, it makes me feel like he was supposed to be actually chokeslammed. Yeah. Because I can't understand yeah, why that would put him out of the match. He just got <laughs> tangled. Hey, hey, these ropes are sticky, man. Um, eventually, Tomko comes in the ring to try to even the score, uh, but Kane sends him out of the ring. Um, Christian is... Uh, Tomko try, Before that, uh, Tomko tries to get Christian up the ladder. Like, he's, he's helping him up the ladder, and that's when Kane knocks Tomko out of the ring. And then he pushes the ladder that Christian is on over, and Christian comes crashing down on top of Tomko. Uh, Kane is now climbing up the ladder, but Jericho stops him. Uh, the ladder falls over, and Jericho goes all the way to the floor with nothing to catch his fall, and Kane gets guillotined on the top rope. Um, that's when Benoit comes in. He's he's setting up that ladder with one arm and he's like really selling hard like he's like screaming in agony and stuff yeah yeah he climbs up the ladder and then he hits a diving headbutt off the top which again very harsh in hindsight and uh, he busts open his head in the process he climbs up not great kane comes after him but he's able to knock him down with a bunch of headbutts like geez i don't know how people didn't see that coming um Yep, yep. Just when we think Chris Benoit is about to win is when Edge comes in and hits him in the arm with a chair, and he falls on the mat just screaming in pain, and the crowd, the boos they're giving Edge as he's climbing up the ladder really makes, like, really shows you how much Edge was doing good as a heel here. For sure, for sure. Uh, Edge gets that briefcase, uh, and this is a pretty revolutionary history-making match for the WWE. Uh, to me, it was really just a big spot fest. It was just a lot of stunts one after another, which is fun, but to me, you know, is not really your highbrow wrestling that you know I like. So I gave it six men, four ladders, fantastic. <laughs> four, I think that four ladders that may be the most ladders we've had. Um, I actually think that is tied with. Were there four ladders in the TLC match? Yes, in the TLC match, there were four ladders. Ah. Which, the number of tables in the TLC match is why I have to give that one the edge, no pun intended, over this one. 
So you're, you're ranking the ladder matches purely by how many ladders are in there. And how many men. Ah, oh, yes, I'm sorry. So uh, what if you that just had a, a true snooze fest of a la- So really, the greatest ladder match of all time would have to be Stone Cold versus the McMahons, because there were like <laughs> 20 ladders in that match. Yes, the ladderinth really um, was composed of at least 20 ladders. So you have an excellent point. But only two men. See, that's the problem. Well, you got to have men and ladders. There were three men. Three men. Oh, you're right. You're making a good argument. But here. I feel like 20 ladders would, would would boost it over the edge. I mean, at a certain point, you do sort of hit diminishing returns on your ladder. Hey, Siri, <laughs> how many ladders have there ever been in a ladder match? <laughs> I did that as a joke, but she actually heard me. What'd she find you? The Wikipedia page for ladder match. Nice. Good work, Siri. Um, so let's move on to our final match. Now, okay, let me preface this in saying, to me, wrestling is, a wrestling match is comprised of two things. The entertainment value... Actually, three things. The entertainment value the spectacle, the story behind a match, or just the pure wrestling quality. And you don't necessarily have to have all three. Sometimes you can make up for one. But sometimes you can have all three, but one part of it makes it not so great. Like Like, sometimes there's bad wrestling, but it's made up for by it has a good story to go along with it. Or it has, you know, it's really just good from an entertainment value. Sure, just like we were talking about with the Biker Taker match. This is a match where the wrestling is really good. It's very entertaining, but it's got a shit storyline to it. What are you talking about? The story is amazing. It's straight out of a damn telenovela. It's It's so good. And by good, I mean horrible. SummerSlam 2005. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. On top of the ladder, the custody of Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic. (laughs) Now, let me try to explain this a little bit. Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero are kind of, like, intertwined with each other. They've had lots of classic matches with one another. They're best friends in real life. And they wanted to spice up their feud. Rey Mysterio had beaten Eddie Guerrero multiple times in these, like, friendly, like, I respect you kind of matches. Well, Eddie was getting jealous, and so eventually he just beat the shit out of Rey Mysterio. And then it comes to a point where... See, I remember this one really well, because I was watching this, like, week by week, and I still kind of believed it a little bit. Um, Really? And so we go to the Great American Bash. Eddie has a match with Rey, and Eddie says that if he wins, he's going to reveal a secret about... Ray and his son Dominic, and they have been airing all these like videos where Dom, where Eddie would meet, like he would go to a park and he'd find Dominic, and Dominic would be like, "Uncle Eddie, Uncle Eddie," and he'd be like, "I've got a secret for you, Dominic, but I'm not gonna tell you until after I beat up your dad, like <laughs> shit like that." And so, and this is actually this, I you know, I always thought I was like, "Wow, I can't believe WWE would think to do this." This was Eddie Guerrero's idea. For this. Wow. 
And they um, talked to Dominic, and they were like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you feel comfortable? And he was like, sure, it sounds fun. So Dominic is actually Ray Mysterio's actual child, yes, right? Yes, and if, okay, we did watch that one match where Ray Mysterio was unmasked, and if if they didn't, like, retcon the fact that Ray Mysterio took off his mask, if you see Ray Mysterio without his mask, and then you see Dominic, it's quite obvious that it's his real son. They yes. look just alike. Yes, it is. Um, but... So, but I like that they frosted Dominic's tips for this match so that he would look more like Eddie. I th- I think that was just the style, man. <laughs> um, those were deliberately frosted tips. So Eddie's got this big heel turn going, and he's he loses at the Great American Bash, but he says, "You know what? I'm still going to tell you the secret because I lied, I say." And so, yeah, his "I lied" was very good. And so, yes, he reveals the secret that that Rey Mysterio could not have children. So he had his own child, like, with back when he was doing his drug and alcohol days, and he just, like, had sex with some rando and had a baby. And he was like, I don't want this baby. Ray, you have him. And, again, let me r- emphasize that. Eddie Guerrero is not Dominic's real father. He Rey Mysterio is the real dad here. But this was a very dramatic storyline to two guys who didn't need it. These guys are really good wrestlers. They did not need this stupid storyline. But here we are. Yeah, it's real dumb. But you know what I'll say? Dominic, a good kid actor. Yeah. Is it true, Dad? Is it really true? <laughs> Eddie somehow got official custody papers for Dominic. I don't think that's real. Wait, say what? Well, not actual. I mean, like, oh, okay. in yeah, the storyline, story, he's he like, these the are the custody papers. And it's like, where? what? That's not how that works. Yeah, no, as a as a um, a soon-to-be lawyer, this, this plot line kills me <laughs> because that's not how any of this works. Wait, are you telling me that a custody dispute cannot be solved in a ladder match? Sadly, that is not recognized by the court. Uh, you cannot just go and get custody papers, <laughs> ambiguous papers that give you rights to someone's kid. And it's been a while since I've seen this match or seen the buildup. I forgot. It's pretty shitty that Ray is the one who says, "Let's have a ladder match for the custody." Like, what the fuck, Ray? Well, it was because it was because Eddie was just going to take him, and so he had to stop him from just taking oh. him. He had to challenge him to the ladder match. Yeah, so he had to put his pride on the that's line. That's basically by calling him a chicken, the whole story. Which, is that Eddie does not really want Ray's son. He just can't beat him, so he's like, "I will beat you by stealing your family." I, I do love though that like calling him a chicken is what got him. Like that, they called him a chicken <laughs> shit. Oh, did he? I thought he just called him a regular chicken. Well, they called it chicken, and they bleeped it out. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> just a chicken. I thought he sort of had a Marty McFly complex. No. <laughs> he called him a chicken bleep. Or a Tommy Wiseau complex. Cheep, chip, 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 So... The commentary, the commentary is so funny here because of how like, like they they do their real quiet, serious voices when the, the match starts, and they're like, they're like the fate of a child will be decided in this very ring, <laughs> and 
And then, like, Michael Cole starts talking about, like, how he has, like, his sons are adopted, and it's, like, it's just very dramatic. Even Taz, who's supposed to be the heel commentator, is like, I, you know, I'm probably not supposed to say this. I might, I might risk my job, but, you know, I, I think Ray should kick Eddie's ass. Yeah, no, so, wrestling, when you're writing a wrestling story, and you need, you need stakes, right? So, like, you need Vince McMahon's daughter being kidnapped by The Undertaker, or you, you need... Something that people are fighting for. And sometimes those things can be like life or death, but in a fun way. But never has the, have the stakes been so like just dreary as the custody of a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking depressing, man. It, it really is. And so they, uh, I think it's really funny. They have this social worker who has Dominic at, on, at ringside, which I think it's really funny. <laughs> Whoever this actress playing this social was, a social worker was, she was like, this is my big break into acting. Like, play, yeah. <laughs> playing the social worker for a child whose custody is being decided in a wrestling match. And I also love, I love the idea that a social worker would be, like, cool with this. Like, my my two dads are going to fight to see which one of them is my real dad. Okay, seems fine with me. This is a stable household. My two dads. (laughs) Uh, It's really funny. And also, like, Ray goes outside and he gives, like, Dominic a hug. And then Eddie's like, oh, well, I got to do something, too. So he shakes the social worker's hand. (laughs) It's very strange. Well, we 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 get into the match. Um, uh, eventually, go to the outside. Eddie slams Ray into the steps and then into the ladder on the ramp. Uh, Eddie gets the ladder set up in the ring and starts climbing, but Ray hits him with a springboard drop kick. Eddie goes back to the outside and starts getting another ladder, and uh, that's when Ray. Drop kicks that ladder into his face, and he follows it up with a springboard seated senton onto the floor. Ray is climbing up now. Eddie meets him on the other side, and they brawl for a while up there. And Eddie is trying to do, like, a sunset flip into a powerbomb, but they botch it. He, like, loses his grip, and so they both just kind of fall on top of each other. Um... Which, I I will say, despite being, like, these high-flying athletes, Eddie's been in a couple of ladder matches. This is Ray's first ever ladder match, so maybe he's a little... Oh, really? I, didn't, little I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, and, man, Ray Mysterio's so cool. He's super cool. That's just beside the point, but Ray Mysterio's so cool. What's so cool about him? Well, because in some ways he's kind of like a Power Ranger, but he flies around all the time. He's like a superhero. He is. He's a lot like a superhero. Um, another, uh, uh, I do like this thing. They keep like showing Dominic's reaction to seeing Ray get hurt. <laughs> Which, okay, this kid is great. This kid is probably, you know, I'll say he's the most talented one in this match. And that's saying a lot because I really actually like these guys. Because if I were, that kid looks maybe six or seven years old. Like, and he has a clear understanding that this is all acting. I, no matter how many times someone told me, hey, this is fake, if I was a kid and I saw my dad get hit with a ladder multiple times, I would be crying. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, I guess he's lived it his whole life, so. I wonder what Dominic is up to now. I, I should go look him up. Anyway, they, uh, a, a pretty, a pretty cool moment, it just brutal moment, really, is, uh, there's a ladder set up, there's another ladder propped up against that ladder. Eddie's on the standing ladder, and Ray is climbing up the, like, the horizontal diagonal ladder, and he hits a back body drop onto Eddie, and Eddie flies into the ladder that's propped up, but because he hits it so hard, it all comes tumbling down, and they both fall to the ground, and it just looked, like, real fucking... Yeah, it was super cool. Like, legit, like, painful. Um... Eventually, uh, Eddie is climbing up the ladder, and he looks like he's about to win, but Dominic gets into the ring and starts shaking the ladder, and it's so cute. I can't believe that they put this child into the ring. I know, I know it's not really that dangerous, but it just, it feels like this is, this is a step too far, perhaps. Yeah, probably, well, okay, I mean, I think... This is this whole match is several giant leaps and bounds and sprints too far, <laughs> especially with what is about to happen. Yeah, yeah. He Eddie starts yelling at Dominic and calling him his new daddy. Uh, yeah. And then, well, can I can yeah, I can yeah, I take yeah, this yeah, next go bit? Go ahead. He comes down off the ladder. He corners Dominic in the in, next to the turnbuckle. And he says, now you're going to learn what it means to be a Guerrero. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, and he goes to punch him. Oh, fuck, there was a child abuse part? I missed it. You missed the child abuse? Yeah, that's when Ray comes back in. He grabs his arm before he can punch the kid. And here's the thing about faces and heels and all this. It's all fun. Keep it fun. When you make a heel try to beat up a six-year-old, that is too far. That is too dark. Yeah, man, that's... Also... Domestic violence is too much. Also, think about the the implications of now you'll know what it means to be a Guerrero. Was that his way of admitting that he was abused as a child? Oh, man. This is... (laughs) This is such a dark, terrible story. (laughs) Yeah. I still think the wrestling is really good, though. Oh, no, I love the match. Like, the match is super cool. Um, And, like, I'm not going to say don't watch it because of the storyline. Like, watch it because of the (laughs) (laughs) storyline. It's definitely, it's wild. That's for sure. You know what was really weird is that during this time, Eddie Guerrero got this new T-shirt that said, I'm your poppy on it because it was his way of, like, taunting Ray and his family. And for whatever reason, that shirt got, like, rebranded because, okay, this is a little bit of a sad tidbit, but this match takes place in August of 2005. In November of 2005, Eddie Guerrero died. So this is, like, one of his last big feuds. The last thing he did was try to punch a kid. (laughs) And so, for some reason, the I'm Your Poppy t-shirt got rebranded into, like, the Eddie Guerrero tribute t-shirt. What? And on the episode of Raw that aired the day after he died, all of the uh, the entire WWE roster 
was wearing I'm Your Poppy t-shirts. I was like, of all the Eddie Guerrero merchandise to wear, why why celebrate the one storyline we need to forget? Yeah, that sucks. They kept wearing it, and I even got one as a kid. It just became like this thing. It was like, I'm Your Poppy. That's the Eddie Guerrero, like, in memoriam. And they, like, came out with new ones that had, like, his birth and death date on it. That's like, I mean, you know, when, and God forbid it, be anytime soon, when Steve Austin finally passes, there's going to be Austin 316 shirts everywhere because that was a great, I mean, there are already Austin 316 shirts everywhere. But but just because it was such a good part of his career, such a good line, and that will be deserved and that will be cool. But to pick the worst storyline someone ever did and make that their thing, that's that's rough. Yeah, I guess it was because it was like his most recent merchandise. I don't know. I don't know what the reason was for that. I'll, I I I thought it was weird as a little kid. I was like, "What the fuck?" Even though I went and bought one, <laughs> they, they eventually convinced me. I guess. Let's remember Eddie for the time he tried to punch a kid and steal him from his dad. I do think it's really weird. The WWE has never like made any sort of official statement. Even after he died, it was like, "Oh, by the way, that was all fake." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that does seem a little bit strange. So in WWE canon, Eddie Guerrero is still Dominic's real dad. Yeah, man, I wonder what Dominic's up to now. I know, I want to look him up after this. Let's try to get back into the match now. Ray stops Eddie from child abuse, as you as you reminded me. Uh, Ray hits his 619 like around the ladder into his face and then falls up with a springboard leg drop on the ladder. Um, Ray starts climbing it, but Eddie follows and he has Ray set up for an electric chair way up at the top of the ladder, but Ray reverses it into a power bomb, which is super cool. Um, yeah, very, very great spot. One of my, and what I think might be my favorite spot in this match is when Ray is up on the ladder he grabs the briefcase but eddie kicks the ladder out from underneath him and so ray's just dangling there and he falls and eddie catches him in a power bomb that yeah, was cool yeah, that and was i've never seen him, cool. anyone do a move like that before or since uh i i really think my favorite spot's coming up in a second and that and this is actually interesting because there is i don't know if you can tell but this went a little wrong did it? Yes. So, Eddie pins Ray underneath the ladder, and he starts climbing it up, climbing up the ladder, really slowly. Like, I don't know if you noticed that he was climbing, ex- like, more slow yes, than normal. Yes, extremely slowly. And then he's slowly. even grabbing the briefcase, and he's really slow at grabbing the briefcase. And then Ray all of a sudden starts shaking the ladder and, and, and knocks him down. This was all improvised because... The finishing spot was supposed to happen then, and they've actually it, – it's a little bit less noticeable now that they've edited it on the WWE Network. But originally, when Eddie falls down, he starts – and you see, you see him start banging his fist down. It's not like, oh, I'm mad because I didn't win just then. That's Eddie Guerrero, the man, being mad, and they, they, they edit what he says out. But what he says is, where the fuck is Vicky over and over again? Oh, she was supposed to come out then. This next spot where Eddie Guerrero's wife Vicky comes out and knocks Eddie off the ladder was supposed to happen then. 
but oh that's my why he's God. doing it so slow, and he's like being so slow, and so they have to improvise that part where where Ray knocks the ladder down and like knocks him off the belts and stuff. They had to improvise all that because she wasn't there, which I've actually that's heard insane. was not. I've heard before that it wasn't actually her fault. It was actually Eddie's fault for doing that spot too soon. It, it, oh. That wasn't supposed to happen quite yet, but. Regardless, something that wasn't supposed to happen, something was supposed to happen there that got a little delayed. Um, anyway, Eddie's wife, Vicky, is the one who comes and saves the thing, which is funny. This is Vicky's like first real appearance on WWE TV. She ends up being a very lasting figure and one of the most accomplished heels of all time. After Eddie's death, she makes a lot more appearances and. Ends up marrying Edge, not in real life, Okay, good. but in the storyline, and she becomes the general manager of SmackDown and Raw, and a lot of people, like, you know, they, they treated her like shit, they called her ugly all the time, and her last match was in a, a, a mud wrestling match with Stephanie McMahon. It was really weird, oh. but... That's gross. Anyway. It's gross that Vince sexualizes his own daughter. Oh, well. That, that's like a whole... We could do a whole season on Vince sexualizing his own daughter. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. So, uh, so Vicky comes and saves the day, knocks the ladder over, knocks Eddie over. Um, so Ray's able to climb the ladder. Eddie tries to stop him, but Vicky holds him back. While Ray pulls the briefcase down. Dominic comes in the ring to celebrate. Ray's wife comes to celebrate. And the family is back together. Eddie's throwing a temper tantrum. And Ray comes in and hits him with the briefcase. Despite the crazy storyline. And the two very noticeable botches. This was still a pretty damn good match. Although nowhere near the best that these two have ever had. I give it a three. Only... What? I'm sorry, what? I was going to give it a three and a half out of five, but what, what were you going to say? Oh, I, I was going to give it a two men, two ladders, but exceptional use of ladders, so bonus for that. Two men, um, two ladders, two dads, one child, two <laughs> wives. Uh, and that's what I love, man. I, and that story, I mean, the story is terrible, but it almost makes it better in a weird way. Like... In in the way that you're watching it because it's very bad. Yeah, yeah. This is and this is a match that if it wasn't these two guys in it, it would have been like this would have been like a laughing stock kind of. Can you believe they did this kind of match? But people still talk yeah. about it as a good match. And it is. It's it's pretty fantastic. Even though he almost hits a kid. So overall, what'd you think of the ladder match? I love ladders so much. It, they're they're one of my favorite things, man. I, I'm glad we did this episode because I needed that injection of ladders into my life. I, I'm the kind of person that, like, I can't see a ladder in public and not think about a ladder match. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is, like, the... And it's one of those things, it's one of those, like, relics of the Attitude Era that's still around today. Yeah. Um, Which I like. It's... You can use a ladder in so many different ways. And of all the, like, furniture or tools to have a whole match based around, it's it's such a good one. Oh, for sure. 
and the, the, it's kind of sp- there's like a family tree of ladder matches. It's created you know so many different kinds of ladder matches like TLC, Money in the Bank. So that's also really cool. I do have to say though, like with Money in the Bank, and and I realize it's like you get a title shot, but like it's it's fun to me that like sometimes the only variant on the ladder match is like what is dangling above the ring, like child custody. Yeah, is it child custody? Is it a bag of money? Is it a belt? Well, that about does it for this edition of Turnbuckle Training. We want to encourage you to watch along with us. Next week, we'll be discussing the Royal Rumble 2001. I thought it was a perfect time because the Royal Rumble typically comes around in January. So we're going to talk about what I think is my favorite Royal Rumble of all time. Uh, Introduce you to one of my favorite match types. So, uh... Buckle on in for some for some good fighting throw boys. And we'll be watching on the WWE Network, but since Vince isn't signing any of our checks, you can go ahead and feel free to find that wherever you can. We won't snitch. You can also keep up with us 24-7 on Twitter. That's at Turnbuckle Training. And uh, be sure to listen to our other podcast, Feud Fight, starring me, Zach, and also Zach, but he... Which has now been revamped. Yeah, it's been... It is now a new creation. New fight. Nude fight. Not nude fight. The, the episode this week is nude fight, yes. Is that really what it's called? Yes, it is. Nice. Thanks for listening. It's me, Austin! The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh, son of a bitch! I did it for the love.